Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And there's no annual contract. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I am your host, John. Very happy to be here. Jenner, what's going on, baby? How you doing? Yo, doing good, man. Excited to get into, into another episode of our fan interviews, man. We're chugging along, and I'm happy to be here for another one. Man, we are. We've been chugging along these fan interviews. But let me check here with my boy over there in the six. Jay Hill, what's going on? Yes, sir. Another day, another dollar. Like Jimmy said, excited to get into these fan interviews and, and the Celtics, a team I've been wanting to talk about and looking forward to talking about. So, yes, sir. Man, we got we got, we got the Celtics. So, you know, for, for a great uh, controversial team like the Celtics, we had to double back and bring a guest that we've had on this show before, man. Uh, an, a collab that we've done, one of our first collabs that we did on here on this podcast with the Hang Time Headlines podcast, man. My guy, Lucas, man, we are so happy to have you back, man. How are you doing, Lucas? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? How to, good to be here, man. Really happy to join you guys. Excited to be back on Clutch Talk. You know what it is. Check out the boys. They grinding hard, of course. And hang time headlines. Got to plug myself as well. Like, comment, subscribe. Check out Spotify, YouTube, all the social medias. So, yeah, man, I think we both got something special going on here. And it's just good to keep, you know, getting back together. I love this collaboration. And it's it's beautiful. You know, I'm happy to be back. Man, well, we, we yes, sir. <laughs> We really do appreciate having ha, ha, having you back, Lucas. And and yes, man, for all the fans, make sure you guys do go check out Hang Time Headlines podcast, man. They're they're, they're on they're on all all platforms, man. They're on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, man. Get at them because they also got some great content o- over there, man. But if if as long as that's out the way, are you guys uh, ready to get into this Celtics talk? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, let's okay. run it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Lucas, the first question that we ask all of our fans here for these offseason interviews, um, Lucas, as a Celtics fan, are you content with the way the year went? (laughs) Oh, man, I think my reaction right there pretty much sums it up. I don't think many Celtics fans out there were content at all with how the year went down, to be honest with you. I think we had pretty big expectations. And at the end of the day, 
regardless of what the expectations were, you're looking at a team with two all-stars, two great young players that struggled to make the playoffs and then just got absolutely whooped. And I know it's the Nets, but I'm not going to hate too much because when that team is loaded, they're an absolute wagon. So, like, especially when they're not injured, that's a scary team to go up against. But at the end of the day, the Celtics shouldn't have put themselves in the position to be the seven seed to begin with. Really disappointing season for Celtics fans. But I think the offseason – has been intriguing and there's a lot of different directions that this team can be headed. So it's not, it's not over there. I mean, there's a lot of good things here. And as I mentioned, you got those two young all-stars. So if they can figure it out, maybe even add a third piece down the line, I think we'll be back in business for sure. Man, Man, Lucas, you, you hit that on the head. Like that's exactly what I was saying the whole time. Cause I remember there was a hot topic of debate, whether Brad Stevens was on the hot seat or not. And I remember thinking, well, you can't play place to blame on Brad Stevens or them losing to the Nets, especially without Jalen Brown. I think the, the issue was the fact that they ended up in the seventh seed is that's the only thing, if you want to blame Brad Stevens or something, that's the only thing you could kind of blame him for. Right. So it's, it's funny how, you know, me looking from the outside and you as a fan, we kind of have the same perspective in that sense. You can't really fault them for losing to the, losing to the nets, especially, you no, know, especially without Jalen Brown. It's just more the position they were in during the regular season. Yeah, for sure. And I got to say too, like, Brad Stevens, I think it's questionable whether he was on the hot seat or not, but it's a fact that Danny Ainge was on the hot seat. And the thing is, when Danny Ainge, you know, you've had all of these picks, you don't get that third star, you haven't delivered another chip, Boston is a city of champions, we want rings. When he's on the hot seat, kind of by default, Brad Stevens is in trouble because man's on a huge contract. He's been getting paid like 60, 70 million dollars and it just started a year ago. So he's not going anywhere, but at the same time you bring in a new GM, they're going to want to bring in their own coach. Like that's just what happens in the NBA. Kind of just like there's no way around it. So by default Brad Stevens was kind of on the hot seat, but I don't think it was his actual coaching. I think that's the reason Danny Ainge is gone is because Danny Ainge was Clearly, I mean, there have been rumors out since February that his job was in jeopardy, that he was maybe looking to go to Utah. And even, I mean, recently we saw him on the sidelines in summer league. So maybe he's still around in some capacity. Who knows? But that man it was, was on the hot seat, which makes Brad Stevens' job in jeopardy, to say the least. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 a pretty good point. I always think I won't even get into a whole a whole spiel about Danny Ainge, but I I do call him Danny, almost got him age for a reason. So I definitely think you guys are going to be better off without him as a GM. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Man, man. All right, Lucas, uh, so I, I, you know, I, ha- I have here on my notes, I have some, I have a point that I have to talk about with you. And, I, and, and it's the, one of the first things I have to talk about when, when I talk about the Celtics, man. So, Lucas, I have to ask you, like, what – like are the Celtics doing so look man so coming into the trade deadline um we all thought we all thought the Celtics would, would trade for a big man you know like a Steven Adams or just j- just any big man really out there to pair him up with, with JT and JB but you know that 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 happened you guys didn't do, didn't really do anything and then the whole Andre Drummond buyout situation happened and I thought to myself like man what a blessing for the Celtics that's right what they need right in their lap all they got to do is pick them up now buy them out but y'all don't get him. Y'all instead pick up Tristan Thompson, but now you guys let him walk and you guys get Moses Brown, who I low-key believed in, but then you guys let him walk too. So Lucas, I want to ask you, what in the world are the Celtics doing? Who is going to, who is going to play the big man over there in, uh, in Boston? And 
do you really believe in Robert Williams getting through a whole season, like as your big man? Because I like him, but getting through a whole season, I just don't see it happening. So, Lucas, talk to me about the big man situation over there in Boston. Oh, man. I think the big man situation is and has been a problem for a while now. But I'm going to answer the first part of your question, which is what are the Celtics doing? And I think it's really hard to evaluate when you have two different heads in charge. I mean, you got Danny Ainge, who it was clear that he believed in taking a bunch of picks and valuing those young players. You know, he was holding on to those assets and he often in trades maybe tried to get too much and sometimes it didn't work out for him. And at the end of the day, if you look at what he was doing in the last year, as the Celtics GM until the offseason when he was, you know, fired, let go, whatever the term you want to use, Danny Ainge was really a horrible GM. I mean, they had a deal where they could have moved Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner, Aaron Holiday, and a first-round pick. Instead, they moved him for cap space, which then became Evan Fournier and Josh Richardson. Like, that is absolutely garbage when you evaluate that, not to mention the fact that, like, that Evan Fournier move was the first move Danny had made at the trade deadline in like six or seven years. So, so I think at this point it's just gotten kind of ridiculous with Danny and that's why he went out the door. But part two of what they're doing is now that Brad's in charge, he's kind of undone some of the things where you can see he clearly disagreed with Danny. I mean, like instantly Kemba Walker out the door, you know, Kemba Walker was someone that Danny signed and I actually really like Kemba, you know, the injuries got to him, which was a bummer. And in Boston, they're ruthless with you when you can't perform and you're on that max deal. But Kemba, I mean, I think he's a great dude on the court. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he, you know, plays really, really well with the Knicks, but Brad Stevens immediately came in and got rid of him, you know? So I think Brad Stevens came in and he brought back Al Horford. Like that was a player that maybe he wanted to retain that went to Philadelphia. I think he was undoing some of what Danny Ainge had done in the past, you know, year or two. And on top of that, I think his overall philosophy, if you notice, a lot of these are one-year deals. I mean, even they signed Dennis Schroeder, one-year deal. They bring in Josh Richardson, one-year deal. They're signing all of these players to one-year deals because they want to have that max slot next year. And I think the only realistic target is Bradley Beal. That's who they're going after. I think they've kind of hitched their wagon to Bradley Beal. He's good friends with Jason Tatum. It's clear that they want to play together. The question is, do they want to play in Boston? You know, And I think that's a whole other subtopic because you've seen, I mean, just with rumors and everything around the league, just facts that – a lot of players do not want to come to Boston. You know, they don't like the fans. They, some people view it as a racist city. You know, it has just kind of this other side to it. I personally love Boston. I think there's some of the most diehard fans that ever are out there. I think anyone who has fans who care that much about their team, like that is beautiful. But sometimes, you know, they definitely do go out it the wrong way, but no one's perfect. Like, I don't know what to expect, but you definitely do need to punish the ones that do get out of control. And I think they've done a pretty good job of it, but the only free agent that I see possibly coming here is Bradley Beal. So I think it's a bunch of one-year contracts. They're loading up for Beal. They're trying to create, you know, a big three. In terms of the big man, the question is, Robert Williams, if he's healthy, he's great. He's got it all. He can run the court. He's got incredible length. He can defend bigs. He can defend wings. He can really do it all. But he's never healthy. 
like just plain and simple. So if he can stay on the court, I think he could be really valuable, but that's why they brought in Al Horford. You know, I think they're looking to play Robert Williams and Al Horford, both about 20, 25 minutes a night, try and limit their minutes, rest those big guys. And maybe, you know, if they're good at all and they're competing, make a deal at the deadline, whether that be for Beal before he hits free agency or for another big man, maybe similarly on an expiring contract. And, and, and Lucas, you mentioned a lot of important, uh, things there and one of them being Lucas my, my question to you is and it's been looming over Boston and many fans analysts coaches ha- have mentioned it and that is this does, does Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum work as a one-two punch because you mentioned them bringing in Bradley Beal and that's a potential target you know in next uh, next summer's free agency But does Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, is that the one-two punch that can lead Boston back to to their title hopes and their title aspirations? Because we've seen before, I mean, last season Jalen Brown got injured, so we really didn't get to see what they could have done in the playoffs. But we saw in the regular season, obviously there was some inconsistency between the two, and and if one had a big night, the other was kind of off. And I don't know if that was coaching. I don't know if that was Danny Ainge. Uh, and that that culture that he had created, kind of a, almost a toxic culture in Boston. But do you see? What do you think of that Tatum? That one? That that sorry? That tandem? That one-two punch? And will that be able to work if they bring in Bradley Beal, or will one of them have to go? I think. The thing is about a one-two punch is it's really hard to win with a one-two punch. You kind of need that third option, and that's what the Celtics, you know, are going to have to bring in Beal, and maybe then Beal becomes a two, or maybe he's a one, and you have Brown or Tatum as your third option. However it shakes out, you need a one-two-three. If you just look at, like, the last 10 years, like, LeBron, big three. Warriors, three names. Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, Lowry, like, Siakam. Like, every single team, Bucks, Middleton, Holiday, Giannis. Sons, Booker, Aiton, like Chris Paul. It's just like you need three players like at this point that can really take on the rest of the league. And so I think like do they work as a one-two? Absolutely. If you have that third option and that's what the Celtics are missing right now and I think they know it. What about the third option in 2020? Who would you say that was? In 2020? For the Lakers. Outside LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's a fair point, but that's a bubble year. I mean, like, yeah, very, uh, very come on. Point, but, like, I think LeBron is also – Because like, Miami, same thing, too. It was really Butler and Bam. No, yeah, it's fair. I think that is an anomaly. But, you know, if there's another COVID pandemic, then, yes, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as a one-two punch will kill it in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, so Lucas, I, I, I have a question for you then. So let me just a, a answer and answer me. Cause this is a two part question. Answer me this first. Do you believe Bradley Beal is a better player than Jalen Brown? Right now? Yes. But personally, I think that Jalen Brown is a player that I would rather have over everybody in the long run, including Jason Tatum, just because with Tatum, he is an absolute superstar. I think there's a question as to whether he stays in Boston for the rest of his career. Jalen Brown embraces this city. He stands for everything you would want to stand for on and off the court. He's a vocal leader. The dude was an all-star. I think he's still like very, very young and has a lot to grow. So if you're talking, you know, in a vacuum, building a franchise long-term, I'd rather have Jalen Brown. But that being said, if we're just talking next year or two, I think Bradley Beal is definitely, even three, four years, Bradley Beal is a better player. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, okay. Well that you giving me that answer, that absolutely, that, that, that I'm shook now because, because I had a question here for you saying, do you trade Jalen Brown and Robert Williams for Bradley Beal? Because I understand, you know, you're losing, you're losing, uh, you know, JB is a big part of, of, of that, that trio. If, if you'd want to go Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown and J- and Jason Tatum, but you know, me personally, I would way rather have the duo of Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum versus the duo of Bradley Beal. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, oh, versus the duo of Jalen Brown and, um, and Jason Tatum. But I, I, I sounded like you're, you're a Jalen Brown guy. You, so you really would rather have Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum. That that's a max guy. That's a super max guy, JT. I mean, I think I'd rather have Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum in like a more realistic sense where I think Jason Tatum is going to explore his other options at some point. He's a superstar. If I was guaranteed they were both going to spend their careers in Boston, love the city, recruit other players, then I'd take Jason Tatum over Jalen Brown. I just think like when you look at it, Jason Tatum is like a superstar and the the kid's going to go at some point and maybe make a move to a Miami, to a LA, to a big city. He's going to try and win a ring if the Celtics don't bring him one. So I just think you got to add to that one, two while you can. But realistically, like Jalen Brown is the player who I think will stay in Boston if, you know, you treat him correctly, which is not throwing his name in trade rumors every single offseason. <laughs> For real, man. For real. So, uh, so, so, Lucas, let, let's let's touch a little bit on on free agency. You know, you you talked a little bit about uh, the 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 pickup of, of Dennis Schroeder, the pickup of, of Josh Richardson. Uh, you guys really picked up a lot of guards. So let's uh, let's let's start let's start there. Uh, which which was your favorite free agency signing so far for the Celtics? Oh man, I don't know if I have a favorite. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think they were all just okay, to be honest with you. Like, the way I look at it, the Kemba Walker deal, in hindsight, Brad Stevens probably jumped the gun a little bit with that one because you you could have traded him to the Knicks and just they had a bunch of cast space. You probably wouldn't have had to attach a first-round pick to it. So I don't really love that deal if you're talking about bringing in Al Horford, that move. Dennis Schroeder could be phenomenal. He has like a big boomer bust potential. He's someone who I think could come in and absolutely light it up in a contract year, have a great Boy, year. Boy, do I great, have news like, for you. Man. But I think he's also like a vile <laughs> locker room presence. So I think that like he could also take a bunch <laughs> of shots and just like ball hog and be a terrible, terrible addition to the Celtics. And not to mention, it's it's like you're, you're lighting a fire with gas because it, the Celtics are already on fire. Like Marcus Smart has one more year left on his deal. And there's a chance that Marcus Smart, just like Dennis Schroeder, has a great year and spectacular year, wants to hit free agency, make a bag. There's also a very good chance he takes a lot of shots and misses a lot of shots and has a very bad year. So I think like those two players, very big boom or bust potential. And Josh Richardson, I mean, I just think he's okay. Like he's on a one-year deal. I'd be surprised if he stays long-term. Man, Lucas, man, I got, I got to tell you, I, I, when you were saying that, I was hearing myself a year ago when Dennis Schroeder was coming to the Lakers. I was thinking the same exact thing. I, I think he'll, he'll have learned a thing or two. Um, so you know, I don't think maybe he'll be as bad on the Celtics as he was on the Lakers. Uh, but man, like, I, the only difficulty I see with that fit is, like you said, is, is just what he's gonna bring to the locker room. I mean, the guy had a hard time accepting that he's not going to, you know, he wanted to come into the starting role and be the starting primary ball handler over LeBron James. 
It's very difficult, right? Now he's going to want to do that over Marcus Smart for sure. So, so that's the only thing that I'd be afraid of a little bit is how that chemistry is going to look, how the, how the locker room is going to look with, uh, with Dennis Schroeder in there. But, you know, he's going to be motivated, obviously, to go, get, to go get a deal. He passed up on $84 million and took five. So that's definitely – it's going to definitely make anybody hungry out there. So I think he'll definitely be able to bring you guys something, but I think the locker room is something I'd be a little afraid of. Oh, I mean, two years ago, we were hucking chairs in the locker room. So I think there's just, <laughs> it could be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Lucas is like, man, you know what? Like, we, we've already had it so bad. What's Dennis Schroeder going to do, man? He can only help us. <laughs> and I think, but, like, again, you can just cut him, too. He's only making five mil. Like, if he's horrible, just drop him. And, yeah, how do you, exactly. and how do you feel about him? Are you excited to have a player like Dennis Schroeder on and different about it? What's your thought I'm, on it, on the signing? I'm more interested in it. I think that's the word I would use. I'm interested just to see how it works. It's like, it's like a train that you might think is going to go off the track, so you're kind of just going to watch and see what happens. You know, like, yeah. I think Dennis Schroeder, like, there's, there's, as I said, he might be good, but I think he could also just be a locker room cancer. So I'm just interested. Like, that's one thing I got to say before they brought in Dennis Schroeder. Like, I wasn't that interested in the Celtics. Like, I was definitely, you know, big fan, going to watch every game. But I wasn't like, oh, this would be a really, you know, crazy year. It's kind of like something I've already watched because I literally have already watched Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford all be on the same court. I think Robert Williams was there his rookie year as well. So, like, I've seen that before. That, that's happened. So, like, that's not that interesting. You had Dennis Schroeder and – we got some things that can happen. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. And in terms of the draft, we didn't really do anything there. So Dennis Schroeder is really what you have to look for to be interested in if you're a Celtics fan this year. Definitely. Gotcha. De- de- definitely. So L- Lucas, l- l- let me ask you this, you know, uh, last year, you know, both me and Jenner were, were Lakers fans. And last year we, we really, really kept asking and kept pushing for Dennis Schroeder understanding the role to come off the bench, come off the bench, Dennis. And when you, when you come off the bench, the, the second unit can be yours. You can do everything that you want. So for you, Lucas, you know, as, as a, a Celtics fan, where do you, where do you want to see Dennis, you know, immediately starting? Cause like how you and Jenner just said, like it, it, it could work, but it could also be a ticking time bomb because I don't really see Dennis Schroeder's game fitting that starting lineup over there in the Celtics, especially because, you know, Dennis Schroeder, he's more of a, a a scoring guard, right? A combo guard who creates for himself. And in that sense, like you're kind of just keeping JT on the side watching and you're not paying JT like $190 million uh, for, for him to be on the side watching a player that's getting paid $5 million, you know, cr- cr- create for himself. So to you, Lucas, where do you immediately want to see Dennis? You want to see him on a roll coming off the bench or do you want to see him, you know, taking that, that, that starting guard of smart? I think I want to see him in like three different ways. And I hope, and I, I'm pretty sure that Ime will experiment with the three different things that I'm going to explain here. The first is you got to see what the, like the super team floor would look like where you'd have like Marcus Smart, Dennis Schroeder, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you know, and then like an Al Horford, Robert Williams. You got to, you got to figure that out. Like whatever your best five out of those six are, you got to experiment around and see like if that can work. I don't know if it, it can work. There might just be like, too many mouths to feed and the mouths just might not be good enough apart from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So we'll see, but you gotta, you gotta definitely mess around with it early on in the season and figure out, you know, if there's any potential there, 
And then I think you also want to see what the Celtics starting lineup looks with Schroeder as a six man. I don't think he's going to accept it based on what y'all are saying and what I've seen everywhere, but maybe you can talk him into it. If you say, Hey bro, like you didn't accept this role on the Lakers and now you're playing for five mil. Maybe if you try and be a good six man, you can go get yourself a bag. Like if that can be explained to him, that'd be fire. But I don't think that's a possibility as well as I definitely want to see what it looks like with smart as your six man and Schroeder leading the way. That's exactly it. I mean, he, he his claim to fame was being a six man. You know, that's exactly what you said is what I'm what I was trying to say though the whole season. If he just simply accepted that six man role, he'd be getting paid a lot more, and probably would have been better. It would have been better for him and for the team because then when you have you know your starting guard or you know your starting primary ball handler resting, you have somebody out there who could handle the ball and still get you points. So if he can accept that role, that that's the key to unlocking him obviously on the Celtics and him developing as a player and ultimately leading to a better contract. Man. Uh, Go ahead, Lucas. Nah, nah, all you, bro. Go for it. No, no, I I, I was just, you know, I was just going to ask you, uh, I was, you know, going to transition a little bit and and ask you a question of Lucas, you know, we've seen, we've seen Tatum slowly and slowly rise. And, you know, we saw him, we saw him come out his rookie year and have, and, and have that great playoff series against LeBron. And ever since then, we've just seen him make tremendous leaps each year. So with this, uh, you know, 2021, 2022 season uh, approaching us, where do you think Tatum will fall? Like, do you, do you think Tatum will fall into a top five player in the league uh, area this th- th- this next season, or or where do you or do you think he'll be s- similar where he was this this last year? Oh, I mean, I hope he does, but <laughs> I, I don't I don't really know if I see him jumping into that top five yet because I think the one thing that Jason Tatum is still missing from his game is he doesn't quite make all the other players on the floor around him better yet. I mean, he can D up anyone when he really wants to. He doesn't want to do it all the time, but when he really wants to lock you down, he can absolutely do it on defense. You know he can get a bucket. He just dropped, like, a ridiculous amount of 50-point games last season. He did it in the playoffs, too, so it's not just a regular season, like, thing. He's wet, but the thing is, like, he can rebound. He's big. He's, like, 6'9", 6'10". His passing has gotten better, but he doesn't consistently make everyone else around him better. And if you look at like those top five players, that's one thing they do. They elevate their entire team. And so I think that's the next step that Celtics fans are hoping he'll take. But we're all just kind of waiting for it, like the rest of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, another question kind of leading off of that, Lucas, is, you know, uh, Brad Stevens was the coach of the Celtics for a while. And uh, at a certain point, I feel like if, if you lose the locker room, it doesn't matter how talented the team could be. Uh, the, the team's just not going to perform to its capability. And I kind of felt that was a trend and that was the trend they were going in uh, in Boston last season. So my question is to you, do you think that the hiring of I'm Yudoka, who has, you know, a championship pedigree, obviously he was under the Spurs staff and under – Greg Popovich for a few years um, and, and, and now finally getting his first head coaching position. Do you think that, you know, that change of scenery, that change of pace, obviously with the system that Brad Stevens had, had already instilled in the current roster and the current players who stayed, uh, do you think that's going to be, have any effect on, you know, their performance and how well they do in the East? I think it could be a lot like, 
if Ime works out and he, you know, and Jason Tatum, JB, they all click together, I think you could see this Celtics team finish as high as like, you know, a three seed or something like that. Maybe a two seed, they could really go on a run. But the facts are like, you can't expect that when we were just a seven seed last year. Like that's just an unrealistic expectation as a fan. So at this point, I think what you're looking from, from Udoka is just, does he get through to the players? When Brad Stevens was in his early days, as the Celtics coach, he was, elevating players are like on the court. Like he was running all these crazy plays. It was ridiculous. He was just getting free buckets. There was some stat like one year, I believe where Brad Stevens was like generating his team, like 12 points a game off of like inbounds plays that the NBA looked at. And we're like, that's just a free bucket. Like it was some nonsense. And that's back when you had the boys with like Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and Kelly Olenek and all of those players who Celtics fans loved. And I think that's what you're looking from Udoka. If he can get that out of the players they have now, they could be a really special team. In terms of Brad Stevens, his message definitely wasn't getting through at the end, but I think in the NBA, part of it is like, man, he's been there for so long. Like, coaches just move unless you're like pop or you know some of these rare coaches in the nba like a lot of them they're moving around because the facts are like the nba is more about the players you got those stars you're gonna be in it you're gonna be good so you know when those stars fall out with a coach like it's just not gonna work on on the floor so i think the change of scenery was needed but i also wonder you know if Danny Ainge had made some of these moves we talked about, if he had somehow been able to bring in a third star, even if, you know, Miles Turner was there and Brad Stevens had a big man or just another big man who, you know, led the league in blocks last year, played at really good level. If Brad Stevens had that to work with, maybe his message would have gotten through because I think it's hard for your message to get through when the players you have can't execute what you're saying. So I don't know if like is Brad Stevens fault necessarily, but I definitely think the change of scenery was needed. Yeah, I, I, I did. I definitely think that, that a coaching change in Boston was, was definitely needed, man. But uh, Lucas, you know, as we, as, as we start to, uh, to wrap up here, uh, we, we really want to thank, you know, uh, for, for, for making time, you know, for coming on here and saying, talk to us a little bit about, about the Celtics. But uh, as, as we start to wrap up, I want to ask you a question, Lucas, uh, if you could, if you could give us one word or one phrase that would describe how you felt about this past season, this season that just ended, and then another word or phrase to describe how you feel about this upcoming 21, 2022 season for the Celtics. Uh, I would say after last season, to put it politely, I felt like poo. <laughs> I think going into this season, I'm intrigued. I think that's how I'd put it. Okay, so poop and intrigue. I like that. I like that. I, I, I mean, it was it was terrible. Like you, you really can't have what we had last season. That was borderline unacceptable. But you know, you boys, I got some Lakers questions for y'all. I think before we hop off this podcast, real quick, you know, I gotta ask you guys about what's happening in LA and your guys' thoughts on Russell Westbrook and that move. It's clear that everyone's got a strong opinion about it. So I want to hear what you boys, you know, you're covering the Lakers. What do you guys think about it? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm, I, you know, at first I'll be honest. At first I was not happy about it. I was just super confused. I was like, how is this going to work? We have LeBron who can't really shoot Westbrook who can't really shoot at all. And AD who can't really shoot and doesn't ever really want to play like that. So I, I was honestly, I was, I was really confused at first. Like, how is this going to happen? 
But to be honest with you, Lucas, the more time that is, is gone by, the more I've looked at it and the more it, it sits with me, I think to myself, okay, this is way more of a regular season move. They're doing this so it can be Westbrook and AD in the regular season and LeBron can have the regular season to be rested, man, because we saw, you know, LeBron's getting a lot older. You know, he's, he's t- 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 touching that, touching that 36, 37 and, if he gets one little injury, one little uh, ankle injury, like how we saw that high ankle injury, he's out for so much longer than, you know, he would in the past. So bringing in Westbrook, I think what the Lakers are doing, they're trying to alleviate that regular season pressure off LeBron and let him and let LeBron do his thing when it comes to the playoffs, man. But that's how I feel. But, you know, I know Junior, Junior feels a whole lot about the Lakers, man. Junior, talk to Lucas a little bit about this Lakers situation. Man, so at first I was reluctant too. I wasn't. I wasn't really sure. But then it only took me a couple of minutes to remember uh, if I'm noticing these things. And LeBron James definitely noticed them. And he's obviously, you know, I don't think any any deal for any player, let alone a superstar of rest of stature, gets made without LeBron and Anthony Davis signing off on it. So you know, I think that they have a game plan moving forward, and I believe in them. And as we saw, I think Palinka did a really good job building the team around those players. You know, they were able to add, you know, some 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 good players coming off the bench on a lot of very, very friendly deals as well, which I think was fantastic. Um, so I think that the team was outfitted well around them, and that just helps complement them. They still have three open roster spots. Obviously, there's not a lot of great names left in, in, in the free agent market. But I think with the three roster spots, they're going to continue to go after. I think wings would be a good, a good, uh, a good, I guess, addition to the team to add some good wings to the team. And and honestly, it's just continuing to see them outfit the team because to me, my biggest concern is who's going to be around Russ, Braun, and AD because we know they can do what they do. You know, I mean, I. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double, led the league in assists. The year before that, LeBron led the league in assists. So I'm not I'm not scared about the offense at all. On defense, I definitely have some concerns, but I think that that team that they're outfitting, obviously, is, is going to help address some of those issues on offense and on defense as well. And I think it's just a matter of seeing how they're going to play out. It's all about chemistry, too. You know, like, I think if you look at the 2020 championship roster – and you look at the 2021 roster, the 2021 roster is much better on paper, right? Like we had Andre Drummond, uh, you had Dennis Schroeder, you had these players who on paper are much better, but we saw chemistry-wise it didn't work out. You know, obviously it was more than chemistry. They were dealing with injuries, they were dealing with rest. So there's a lot more to it. Uh, I can't just blame everything on one thing, but I do think that just seeing it and how they're going to develop, is that's what's going to make a big difference. And like John said too, it's going to help a lot in the regular season when LeBron doesn't have to play, you know, 35 minutes a night uh, for the, for the Lakers to win because of, you know, just not having enough uh, support around him. So I think that now this is going to help out a lot with that. And uh, I think that, you know, as we continue to build the team, it's just, I'm, I'm personally, I'm happy for it. Like I'm happy for it, but it's just, it's, it's a developing thing. You know, we're going to see how we feel, you know, a couple weeks in and at the all-star break and obviously most importantly at the playoffs. So it's kind of it's a developing thing for me, but I'm happy about it. I, I think this is a good place here for us to for us to wrap it up. Uh, unfortunately, Lucas uh, was was facing some te- technical difficulties. You know, he's having 
a lot of uh, a lot of trouble with the microphone and and the computer. You know, 2021 it makes it hard, man. Zoom makes it hard to get these interviews done. So uh, so Lucas unfortunately had to go, but it's all it's all good. That you know we still. We want to appreciate Lucas for, you know, his time that he came on, talked to us about the, about the Celtics. So like how we said in the beginning, guys, make sure you guys go check out the Hang Time Headlines podcast. Uh, Lucas is Lucas was, you know, great enough to, to come come on us and bless us with his time. So make sure you guys go check check out the Hang Time Headlines podcast. But over here, man, we still got to get to the guest of player. And y'all already know what it is this week, man. We switched it up a little bit. Usually it's, it's me, it's John that, uh, that that hosts these guest of players and runs it. But this week we got to switch up for the one time, man. Jay Hill going to be hosting it. And he going to be uh, uh, quizzing me in general on these guest of player, man. So uh, welcome in, everybody, to our closing segment called Guest of Player, Jay Hill. Take the floor, my brother. For sure, for sure. Let's get right into it then. So I'm going to start off with this first player. We're going to be doing three three today. So right away, this player is a 14-time NBA All-Star. He's Ooh, okay. a two-time NBA All-Star game MVP. He's an 11-time All-NBA first team. He's a two-time NBA Most Valuable Player. And this one, so I got two more after this. Uh, Him and somewhere else, someone else, another player were known for, y'all be ready for this, for their pick and roll action. John Stockton? Nope. Run it back, run it back. He's a two-time... Kevin Durant? Nope. Not really the pick and roll, but I know he's got a lot of accolades. He's a two-time NBA Most Valuable Player. He's a 14-time NBA All-Star. Steve Nash. No. Oh, What? So you're out. So you're out. So I'm thinking. Oh, this one's good. Well, I mean, ah, this one will give it away. Uh, he. I'll do one more. Two-time, two-time NBA Most Valuable Player. Uh, Is it Isaiah Thomas? No. Isaiah Thomas? No. I'll give y'all each one more guess. All right. Okay. He played on two teams. He, well, I would say I'll, he ended his career. He played one year with the Los Angeles Lakers, but he's known for his Carl career Malone? before that. Yes, Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Oh God, dog. I literally said John Stockton and I didn't think yeah. of going Carl yeah. Malone. Okay. Yeah, I, was like, I, I, I couldn't say, like, oh, his partner because y'all would have both. Yeah, no, know, no. But, yeah, he said – God, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but, but John Stockton didn't win two MVPs. Man. Yeah. You remember Carl? Oh, if you would have said the oldest MVP, I would have jumped on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. That, was, that was a tough Carmelo. one. That was tougher than I expected. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this next one. All right, let's do it. Uh, this let's one's going to be a little tougher, I'm thinking. So get, get ready for this one. So this player is a 
three-time All-NBA 13 player. He spent one year or one year he got in the 50-40-90 club. So this guy's a shooter. Uh, 1994. So that, that kind of puts him in the 90s. Uh, he's a three, sorry, he's a five, did I say it? He's a five-time NBA All-Star. Um, he, he was the original, so I'll get ready for this one. Before there was a Dame time, there was a something time. Um, and he, he, he coined that. Um, like I said, this guy's a shooter. Um, he... Man, he it's a difficult played at UCLA. Um, he was Spike Lee's enemy, public enemy number one. Reggie, Reggie Miller. Miller, Reggie Miller. I said it first. Oh, Junior got it. Junior got it. I give Junior the edge oh. right there. Oh, Reggie, yeah. As soon as I said that, I was like, Reggie Miller. Oh. Yeah, that was a tough Oh, tough shit. Tough. All right, tiebreaker. Now that you, now that you, now that you hey, said honestly, everything, it makes Miller time. Honestly, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get one more because that was that was so close. So we we just gonna call that one a tie. I'm gonna call that one a tie because that was so close. Y'all literally said it at the same time. So I'm gonna go one more. So I'll, I'll do four. So the next one we got here. Jump right into it. He's a one-time. NBA champion, one-time NBA Finals MVP. He's a 10-time NBA All-Star. He's a one-time All-NBA second team. And he's a three-time All-NBA third time. Or, or, sorry, third team. Um, he was the 2010 NBA three-point contest winner. Is it Dirk Nowitzki? Nope. Um, he's known. All right, this one's gonna give it away. He he said he's known for saying, "I didn't call a game." Yo, honestly, that I ruined that one. I ruined that one. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it away. Uh, all right, let's let's go. Let's go with the next one. Y'all said it literally said the same time. Y'all, y'all literally said it at the same time. All right, so let's go with this one. So he's a one-time NBA champion. He's a five-time NBA All Defensive Second Team. He's a four-time NBA All Defensive First Team. He's a five-time NBA assist leader. John Stockton? No. He's an NBA co-rookie oh, of the year. Oh, he's a champion. Huh? Never mind. Jason Kidd. <laughs> yes. Jason yes, Kidd. sir. Jason Kidd, indeed. So we gonna go one uh, more. As long as you said when you said co-rookie of the year, I knew it was gonna be Jason Kidd. I think it's like the only time it's ever happened. So last but not least, let's get into this last one. Right? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So he is an eleven. Or sorry, yeah, he is a eleven-time NBA All-Star. Or I should say was. Um, 
he was the 1986 NBA Rookie of the Year. He's a three-time NBA All-Defensive Second Team. Charles Barkley? No. I'm trying to think. Who got drafted in 86? He was a six-time All-NBA Second Team. Uh, And he was a one-time 1990 All-NBA First Team player. Um. He is now currently the coach of an NCAA team um, in the Big East. Uh, but uh, 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 Georgetown, Georgetown's coach, uh, Patrick Ewing. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> John was ready. That's a good one. Patrick Ewing, that's right. Sorry, John, you and I feel about Patrick Ewing. So hates <laughs> Patrick Ewing. No, no, I don't. It's, a, it's, a, it's an inside joke that we have. So I don't remember what 2K was. I think it was 2K, I don't know if it was 2K9, 2K10. One of the, like, throwback 2Ks, there was, there was the first one that let you play with uh, with throwback teams. And they had little challenges. I don't know if you played them, J-Hill, but they had little challenges. And there was a mm. challenge with the Knicks where you had to get, like, I think a triple-double with Patrick Ewing, something like that. And I, I beat every challenge, but I couldn't beat the Patrick Ewing challenge. And I was pissed <laughs> off. And I was like, no, it's not because I can't do it. It's because Patrick Ewing sucks. <laughs> so it became yeah. this running joke that, like, now every time we talk about Patrick Ewing, I'm like, nah, he's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but he was crazy dominant. That's a good shot. I didn't even think. Beast, yeah. Yeah, I know he was hella good. He was a man. Beast, that man. was fun. That was that, that 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 was very fun. Jay Hill, man, thank you, thank you for running that Jay Hill. We like that. Sure, man. That was fun. That's fun to be on the other side, man. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's all I was yeah. saying last time too. When I ran it for the first time, I was like, man, this is more fun than guessing actually, because you just gotta uh, keep right. all your toes. Uh-huh. That's crazy. You, yeah, you find out those facts that you never even knew. It's like, wow, I didn't know he did this, this. Yeah, yeah, no, man. it's crazy for sure. Like I didn't know Paul Pierce won a three point contest actually, so that's 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 interesting. So, that's, but anyway, that's that, that that's that content you can only get here at Clutch Talk, man. So exactly. So we'll, so that's why we appreciate all the fans that have stayed through and listened to the the whole way through, man. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whether you're on YouTube, man, we really appreciate uh, every single one of you guys, man. Um, again, we want to give a huge shout out to, to, to Lucas and the Hangtime Headline Podcast. We want to thank him for being able to, you know, to come on and, and, and talk to us, you know, about some Celtics talk. And we'll just we'll just really look, uh, look forward to this year. Jay Hill, you got any last words you want to say uh, for Lucas and uh, all the Celtics fans over there in Boston? Man, I hope it's a great awakening for the Celtics because, I mean, they have so much young talent. They slept or they kept all those picks that they had. And, and you just really want to see them them coming. I mean, I'm not a Celtics fan by any means, but I mean, I think they got a lot of potential in those two stars and, and JB and, and Jason Tatum. So I want to see it amount to something. They got close in 2020 and the Eastern Conference Finals, but I, I think I think they I want to see them come out of the East. You know, so so let's see if they can make that work. Man, let's see, let's see if the Celtics can make that push. Junior, you got any last words you want to type for the Celtics fans? Man, no, I mean Jay Hill said it, you know, they they've been they've been that young team with talent for a while. They're stars, you know, kind of coming into their own. I mean, you can make an argument they're already there, especially a player like Jason Tatum. 
Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, having them push through. We're going to see how the Dennis Schroeder experiment is going to go, you know. Obviously, like, like we talked with Lucas, there's definitely things that are a little shaky. But on the other hand, I mean, it, it, he was only $5.9 million, which is uh, – it's a bargain for a player. If you can get OKC Schroeder for $5.9 million, it's just a hell of a bargain. That's a hell of a bargain. So, you know, we're going to have to see what happens and uh, and just see how the Celtics develop. Obviously, the, the East is getting tough now with, uh, with, with you know, some juggernauts rising and, you know, teams like the Bulls and the Pacers, you know, outfitting themselves with pretty good rosters as well. So we're going to have to see how it's going to go. But but I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for sure. That's that's one thing that the whole the whole the whole season is gonna be interesting for all teams for all for everybody. So looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. So as always, you guys don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, man. Uh, for all, all of our podcast listeners, our Instagram is at Clutch Talk One. Our Twitter's at Clutch Talk One, and so is our TikTok. So make sure to get at us on there, man, and just. Just, just come, come debate with us, man, because we, we love doing that. And stay tuned for more. We got a lot more off-season interviews coming up, and we just got a lot more heat, man. But that's it. We out here a lot. Clutch talk out. Peace. Peace. After you take Brandy to the prom, you coming back to school with shades on your head. Literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day. Me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts nobody, helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.